The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey Kim. Hey Kirsty. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Um, Kirsty? <laughs> are, are you good? Do you oh, need yeah, a mix? Maybe <laughs> do you know, a pep talk? What's, what's going on? Oh, no. I'm totally fine. I'm just staring in the mirror and reflecting. Pretty normal. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's generally what happens when you look in a mirror. <laughs> And it also happens when you're reading The Reflection in Me, written by Mark Colagiovanni and illustrated by the one and only Peter H. Reynolds. This beautiful book is so luminous in art and in message. It really is. I couldn't agree more. And we are thrilled to welcome Mark and Peter to the podcast so we can hear all about the creative process for The Reflection in Me. Let's talk. Well, Mark, we're going to start with you um, because we know that you are also a practicing attorney, which I think is quite an interesting little side hustle for a a children's author. Um, So can you tell us about your writing journey a little bit, how you came to writing children's books, um, and then lead us into where you got the idea for The Reflection in Me? Uh, so, I mean, I've always loved to write dating all the way back to um, kindergarten. I've always loved um, just the creating and the exercise of, of writing stories. Um, and I always wanted to be a writer. Uh, I just never could figure out how to get my, my foot into the door. Um, so I decided to, to go to law school. That seemed like a good way to get your foot into the door, to be a writer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then in 2010, when my first daughter was born, I had three of them. They're up right over my, my Aww, shoulder. Oh, darling. Look at how adorable. Uh, uh, sometimes. Um, so when my first daughter was born, I decided I was finally going to pursue my dream of becoming a published author, children's book author. And picture book writing is always the type of uh, story I always wanted to write. Uh, we read a lot of that growing up as kids. Dr. Seuss was uh, a staple in my house. So um, I just always was drawn to that form of storytelling. Um, so I always knew that's how this type of story I wanted to write. And then in 2010 is when my, my journey began. And I joined the Society of Children Book Writers and Illustrators. And that really led me, um, that opened up a lot of doors for me. I would recommend that to anyone who wants to pursue this as a career. Um, 
And then I just started writing and I had a lot to learn. The first story I wrote in 2010 was 2,500 words. Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. <laughs> that was about 2,000 too many. Yeah. <laughs> so then I, I had a lot to learn and um, I just kept practicing. And then in 2016, my journey went from 2,500 words to a 314 word book story, which was the reflection in me. Um, wow. And at that point, I was getting rejected by every publisher and agent in the world. I was uh, an international <laughs> failure. Oh, <laughs> we all um, understand this, though. <laughs> we do. We do. You're in good company. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I wear that badge uh, very proudly. Um, so then at that point, I decided I needed to find a clever way to get my foot in the door. And I, I said to my wife, I'm going to take this story and animate it and put it on YouTube. Maybe I can attract the attention of a publisher or an agent that way. And that decision led me to Peter Reynolds, and that changed everything for me. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, That's without, so creative. And I see this. Oh, yeah, I mean, and I say this sincerely, none of this would have happened if it wasn't for Peter. And I know that for a fact, because I was I was getting nowhere. You know, you need you need someone to give you that break. And, and he's the one. So I thank him every day. And I always will. I'm very grateful for him. <laughs> We're all very grateful for Peter Reynolds <laughs> and everything that he's brought to the world. Um, so true. So what can you just just quickly, specifically the story idea for the reflection in me? Where did that come from? What was the spark for that? Yeah. So in 2015, I was watching my girls who were five, three and three at the time, and they were laughing and singing and dancing in front of the full length mirror in our house. And I, I remember looking at them and thinking how different that experience is for adults in front of a mirror. For, mm -hmm. for adults, we, we seek out mirrors to correct our perceived imperfections. Um, but children, I mean, they look in the mirror and they just see happiness. They see perfection. And I, can, I remember crystal clearly looking at them, thinking someday they're going to look in the mirror and try to, quote unquote, fix something. And I remember thinking, you know, I, I hope that they forever see themselves as I forever will perfectly perfect. And that's where that popped into my head. And then and then for me, what happens when I get an idea, oftentimes I dream them. But this one popped into my head at that moment. And then the, the whole story kind of flooded my head. Um, wow. I pretty I, much wrote that in a couple of hours and then it took months to, to fine tune it. Well, that sure. is such a beautiful story. I love it so much. I, in addition to being a children's book author, I'm a therapist. And so one of the exercises that I do with some of my adult clients is to look in the mirror, find the things that you like. <laughs> And that's so hard as an it's adult. It's hard to do as an adult and it's uncomfortable. It's, it's so sad, uncomfortable. Yeah. And I just love what you shared with us. And and the message in this book is so beautiful and poignant and important for adults and children alike. I just, mm -hmm. we love it. We just love it. Thank yeah. you very much. So Peter, I first, before I ask you your question, I just have to tell you that I have read all of your books. I have five kids. We used to read the youngest is now 13 and a half, so I don't read your books to him anymore. <laughs> but I The way you used to. Not the way I used to. <laughs> not the way you used to, yes. I maybe I should read but this I one to him. I, I I'm thinking maybe it would be a good one for my 13-year-old. But 
I love your art and your messages. And this feels like it goes along so well with you, with the messages and with, uh, we were just talking about how it is very much a Peter Reynolds book. It's a Mark mm-hmm. book and a Peter book, right? It's such exactly. a, you, you guys did such a good job of with the art and the text. Oh, it's a, there's you. a beautiful synergy so with the art and the text in this book. It definitely does feel like, I mean, it's, uh, it is, it's a Peter Mark book. Um, and, you know, as time goes on, uh, you know, I got more picky and choosy about who I who I work with and the projects I work on. And I only want to put things into the world that I feel like the world needs. And, you know, when when I met Mark and I read this story, um, I said, yeah, the world needs this one. It really needs this one. Yes. And not agreed. just kids, but adults, too, because there are a lot of a lot of hurt people out there, a lot of broken people, a lot of damaged people. And the damage comes from, you know, clumsy, mean people Mm -hmm. around us. But it also, unfortunately, comes from within. And, you know, you start listening to that voice inside your head. And, you know, if you're not getting the encouragement or you don't have the vocabulary to, you know, say, you know, yeah, you know, my physical form is, is not the, uh, it it really matters so little in the end. Um, that's so true. That all these attributes inside. That's the important stuff, feeling good that's and healthy. Stuff. So when I read this story, I just fell in love with it. And I said, I said, yeah, this is this must be shared with the world. <laughs> and I love that it's being shared with the world. And it's so important, too, because we are much less kind to ourselves than we are to others. It's just kind of a natural thing, part of being human. So yeah. that's one of the things I love about this book is that this is a good model for kids to know it really this is. is a good way to talk to yourself. And if you notice yourself talking to yourself in a way that isn't kind, that's a good time to stop and delete the thought and maybe replace it with some of the really fun and exciting thoughts that you put in this book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, we talk about adults having such a hard time with this, but I think, you know, young kids are, are good at it, but even kids that, you know, eight, nine, I I think the messages that they're seeing in the media that are out there are really hard for them um, to kind of receive. So they kind of internalize that and then it becomes Hard even at a young age. Um, I mean, my daughter's 15. So that's, that's a hard age uh, for them to look in the mirror sometimes. And um, Mm -hmm. I think books like this are important because they're reminders for them. I mean, we as their parents can tell them they're beautiful. And it's, you know, on the inside is what matters and all those things. Um, But they tend to not listen to their parents at that age (laughs) a lot. Um, So having an outside resource like this, um, mm-hmm. you know, for them to kind of hear it from, I think is really, really important. It is. Um, yeah. What's interesting too, that in this age, you know, of um, selfies, it was interesting, right. That that word selfie didn't even exist. You know, when I was a kid, right. Um, you, know, you were lucky if, you know, 12 of the photographs on your family's Instamatic camera actually <laughs> came out, you know, when you picked them up. <laughs> so <from> the true. <laughs> Right. And yeah. you were like looking for something that didn't have a finger in front of the camera. Yeah. It was in it was in focus. And there might be one photograph of yourself. Um, and it was, you know, 
19, well, for me, it was 1960s, 70s quality. <laughs> so it was kind of slightly blurry. And um, uh, and you think about today and this idea of selfie, people's, you know, putting the camera right in front of their face. And, you know, it, it's become um, it's become this phenomenon of putting yourself out there. And, you know, and how interesting is it that filters have become this big thing mm. and that what you're actually seeing isn't even really the person. So we're not even, it's not even a true reflection of, you know, who you are or what you look like. You're, be, you're, you, you're being conditioned to change this and become something else and not love this. Right. This, this is actually hard to love <laughs> for a lot of people. In fact, um, something that people don't know about me is that I actually have, uh, it's a very long word, but it, it is a, I think it's isotrophobia. It's a unhealthy fear of mirrors. Oh, and I, it, this developed. How fascinating. Yeah. For me, it developed in probably, I don't know, when I got to be about 30, I really started noticing it and it really became debilitating for me. I couldn't see, even look at a reflection. I, wow. you know, if I see glass, you know, reflective glass, I would, That's I would turn hard. my head the other way. If I was getting my hair cut at the barber shop, it was torture. Um, getting my suit tailored. I, I actually asked, I got to one point, I said, I will, I will get my suit tailored, but I want you to cover the mirrors. That's how bad it got. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. So, and I don't even think I told Mark this, that, um, uh, so, you know, when I read this story, which makes our meeting even more incredible, how the dots connected. And this is the first story that I shared with you. That's yeah. pretty remarkable. That's so it, yeah, it resonated very deeply. Yeah. And, you know, I have actually been working, you know, on this uh, challenge. And the good news is that, you know, when you do work, work on things and be, you know, intentional about, you know, what, you know, what are the root causes and are there, th and there are strategies for dealing with it. Um, and of course I have to deal with it because, you know, being an author and an <laughs> illustrator, um, they put cameras in front of your face and people are taking photographs of your, of you. I still don't love it, but like in this, you know, this zoom chat, I'm, I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I've gotten, you know, I, again, I've, I've been able to figure out how to cope. Um, but that's why this book is important too, because, you know, you start planting those seeds very early on to say, you know, this, this, uh, this reflection is, isn't me. It's, you know, it's what's inside my heart, my head, my dreams. Um, right. and then find, you know, find the people who get you. I think that's the big message, right? Find the person who gets you and you should get you. Right. You're the first you're you're kind of where it starts. And if you don't get you, you you're going to have a lot, many decades of trying to figure out um, uh, to be happy with 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 yourself. But, you know, once you get happy with you um, and right now I'm working with um, Susan Verity is my other twin. Yes. Mark is my, yes. my my cosmic twin brother. Triplet, baby. triplet. I'm a twin. Right? I also right. have a triplet cosmic triplet sister, Susan Verde. And she's lovely. And we're working on a book right now called I Am We, a book of community. Mm. And it's like, take care of yourself because you then can take care of those around you. So the lovely thing about a picture book is that it's a very disarming, gentle, 
and, and very efficient way to get a conversation started. And it, you know, this is not, this book is not about Peter Reynolds. It's about this character. Yes, so we can right. talk about this character. And, you know, and again, if you're young or old, um, you you can you can say this reminds me of someone <laughs> I know. It's bibliotherapeutic, <laughs> right? Right, right. Yeah. And so and, and again, with, you know, if you have a therapist, if you have a counselor, if you have a, a great teacher that you can you can you know, we call it activating the book, you know, that you can mm-hmm. you can take that book and say, OK, instead of putting it down and reading the next one, let's dive in a little bit and say, you know, how is this? Um, uh, how is this, uh, you know, connected to to you? How does how does it you know, do you relate to this? Are, are there positive other positive things you could say to to yourself or to someone else to encourage them? So um, this one, which is a sequel ish. It's funny because this actually was um, uh, a, this was their first book, our first project together, Mark, uh, right? That um, we, um, and Mark, I remember our meeting a little bit differently. Oh, I want to hear. Okay, let's get the other side of the story. (laughs) This is is how, this is how I remember it, Mark. And we can, we can, we can uh, discuss later. Um, But I remember... I remember you coming to me with that story and, and I'm, I fell in love with it. You told me that it was written for your daughters. And I'm like, wow, that came from a real place. Cause there's some people trying to break into the business and they're like, you know, it's uh, I don't know. It's a, a robot dog that hasn't, you know, buys an airplane. It's like, just cause it, I don't know why there's right. no reason, but this came from your heart. So I, I said, this, this is good. I read it and I'm like, love, love, love. And for personal reasons, I loved it. Um, Mark went out on, as you said, Mark, you went out to the world in the publishing world and got soundly rejected. You came back to me at my bookstore, the Blue Bunny Bookstore in Dedham, Massachusetts, my hometown. And you told me that you, you know, didn't have a lot of luck. And I remember saying to you, Mark, um, you know, a story can be, um, it can be many things. It could be a musical, it could be a song. It could be a book. It could be an animated film. Why did I mention that? Because I was smart enough 27 years ago to open up my own animation studio in Boston called Fable Vision. And I said to Mark, I said, you should go down to our studios in Boston, meet with the team and just see what it would take to make an animated film. So Mark went to Fable Vision, met with Peter Stidwell and Gary Goldberger and the team. And they fell in love with the story too, and fell in love with Mark, very lovable person. And uh, and then we, the, the Fable Vision team, um, said, "Yeah, let's do it." And we we created the film together. I did the artwork for it because I said no one else gets to illustrate this story, Mark. I, I, love, story. I love it. Whether it's a well, film it was very personal for you too, yeah. right? At that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we made the film, and then it 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 went uh, round the world on in uh, festivals, and then we posted on YouTube, and then you know twenty thousand people liked it, and then you know eighty thousand, hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, a million people. At that point, I said to wow. my friends at Scholastic, I said, "Remember that guy I told you about, Mark Giovanni? He is brilliant. The world <laughs> knows it." And so I, they looked, and by this time it's one point one million, and they said. They're like, um, we must publish this book. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Which, you know, it is now a book. 
Now, of course, in the meantime, Mark, well, he has a little, he has a folder filled with lovely poems and stories. And this is the Japanese version, I think, or oh, Korean. Yes. But um, when things aren't going right, go left. He, he, he shared that with me. And I, I said, Mark, I love this. And I recorded, I actually recorded, he sent me the email with the text and I picked up my iPhone and I just recorded it, sent it to my brother, Paul, my twin brother, and he put music to it. We sent it to my agent, Holly McGee at Pippin Properties and Scholastic. They fell in love with that. And they're like, we must publish oh, wow. that. Fact, why don't we publish that first? And then we'll do reflections in me. So, um, so anyway, that's the little backstory. Um, wow. Or that jive with your... <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, that's the <laughs> full version. <laughs> yeah. The full uh, Mark, you had alluded uh, earlier to this story having quite a writing process as far as, you know, the first draft being 2,500 words and then cutting it down. Can you give us a look into what that was like for you? What's what's revision like for you? Yeah, so that that first story in 2010, that was a whole different story. Oh, okay. uh, and and then, but at that moment, through that Society of Children Book Writers, um, they said, "Listen, this is a good story, but it's it's way too long." So then, my journey started then with writing and trying different stories that led me to this. Um, but the way it works for me is like uh, when things aren't going right, go left. I dreamt that story. So I, I get in the habit of keeping my phone by my bed and at two in the morning, well, that story hit me at five in the morning. Um, I grab my phone and I send myself an email so I don't forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that go left, I wrote that in about two hours one morning. Wow. So they, they kind of flood my head. I don't really know how to explain it. Um, mm-hmm. that. Um, so when I was watching my girls in front of the mirror and that perfectly perfect phrase came to me, then the whole storyline came to me. Then what I do is I hand, I still handwrite my stories. I get pen and paper. I, I feel very disconnected on the uh, computer. Um, and I write and write. And then when I get to a point where I can no longer read my handwriting, then I go to the computer <laughs> and I print out my first draft. <laughs> and, and then the big, and I recommend this to anyone who writes, especially um, picture books, because they're short. My first step, once I have a draft that is ready to be read by someone, I give it to my 13-year-old, who's uh, mm. Addison, 13 now. But since she's been old enough to read, she's my first editor. And I put it in her hands, and she reads it out loud to me, which is huge for me, because it's the first time that I'm hearing this story. You know, up until mm. that point, it's just living inside of my head. And I hold, I give her a copy, and I hold a copy. And more often than not, that story sounds nothing how I intended it to sound. So I start making notes. And then then I, I kind of, in a, in a healthy way, I then become obsessed with it. <laughs> and I will write work on that story every day until I'm then ready to take it to the next step. of I, There's about five people I give it to who read it and then give me feedback, which is a huge thing. And these are people who love me but who aren't afraid to hurt my feelings. Uh, so, <laughs> It's been, and that's my process with with pretty much every, every time a story comes to me. I love that you dream your stories. That's so cool. I want that for my next story. I want to dream up my next story. That'd I know. Be so fun. Maybe it'll happen now because we're talking about it today and then we'll go to sleep tonight and come up with a great story. Peter, you talked a little bit about 
your process of, well, the art for this, because you started with the animation, but can you give us, you know, a little more detail on how you created this book for the art? Sure. Well, you know, when I, when I read a story, I turn it into a little movie in my head, which is the same if I'm writing a story like Mark dreams that I actually, you know, I make, I just make, I sort of sit there in a cafe and I'm close my eyes and I can see the character, the little girl sitting at the desk and, her classroom and she's afraid to draw. And then I, yeah, I, I start to draw this, you know, I storyboard out the, the story. Um, and in this case, I'm reading Mark's words and I immediately start making a film in my head. And I saw, I saw the little character in my head and then I just kind of started quickly sketching what was in my head. And wow. um, the, and then I share it with Mark. Mark's like, you know, just cool to see your words turn into images. I, I even so exciting. find it, you know, I, when, when I see, when I video, if someone videos my hand drawing, I'm just sitting on the edge of my seat, like, oh, what's he going to do next? I mean, it's, it's kind of fascinating to see like, wow, how does the pencil know where to go? You know, and, and it leaves behind a little, a character with personality. Um, and the character that I created, I wanted to be, uh gender neutral so we never we never say boy or girl in this mm -hmm. and i tried to uh thread that needle so you know it could be a boy with big mop of hair it's a, a girl with sort of a well with a big mop of hair and mm -hmm. um uh and so i'm you know i think we're both you know hoping because it's a universal story that it could you know it, anyone that reads this book hopefully will be able to relate i um, think so and and it is very much like a, you know, it's like a one person play this, this book. Um, and the, so in some ways it was a very, I mean, it was very, um, I, I kept it simple. I didn't do any background to me that didn't add anything to telling that story. Mm -hmm. And like, it is a mirror and it's a, and it's a character and their emotions are the, are the highlights for me. It's not you know, something cool happening on, you turn the page and, you know, flock of right. geese come flying out of the, <laughs> the magical chest. It is, <laughs> the cool thing is just the expression, that little sad face at the very beginning. Hmm. Um, and it's also, you, you know, when you look like in the title page, you see the person and they're kind of like a little bit dejected, but then you look in the mirror and the reflection isn't exact. It's just slightly different. You could see the the mirror the person in the mirror is looking up uh, right. with their eyes open. You can see, there we go. Yeah. And so there, it's just super subtle just to say something's going to happen that that reflection isn't an absolute reflection of this, of this individual. Um, so it was, um, uh, it was definitely kind of a challenge to make a whole picture book out of, you know, basically two objects, a mirror, any character. <laughs> right. Uh, True. We have one more question for each of you. One last question for each of you. Uh, when someone reads this book, I'm going to ask you first, Mark, when someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? I mean, it's such a, um, a universal message. Uh, that's what I love about it the most. Um, you know, the race, gender, religion, we all battle with our self-worth, you know, am I good enough is kind of a universal battle cry that everyone can relate to. So I hope that 
you know, it, the lesson that people can take from it is that we start checking in on that person in the mirror. And I think if we do, and we literally ask that person, you know, how are you doing? You know, how are you feeling? That I think, um, and, and even saying that out loud in answering that question, um, I think we're going to start seeing a person looking back at us with who's grateful and appreciative mm-hmm. that we're uh, checking in. On. I love so, this. That's, that's beautiful, Mark. Thank you. It is. Thank you. Peter, same question. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? Um, I, I hope that they, you know, skip looking at the mirror, you know, <laughs> and, and if they do, you know, put it in context to say it, it is such a, um, uh, a kind of a shallow snapshot of who you are because the, the, the real you, you don't need a mirror for, and that all of us have gifts and talents and, uh, attributes like kindness um, that are those are the gifts. A big thank you to Mark and Peter for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for the reflection in me. Check out the show notes to learn more about Mark and Peter and their other wonderful books. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music and sound engineering by James Call. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.